going on, guys? James Camacho here. This is Kicking It With Camacho. And um, we are back in the original position um, of the podcast. Is that... That's not the way to say it, right? This isn't... Is this the... I guess it is kind of position, but what, there's a better word. Boy, I wish I had a more uh, diverse vocabulary, man. Like, I hope... The pot... We are back in the um, original setup. Setup is the word I'm looking for. We are back in the original setup. Um, we try... I tried the little... Uh, webcam-y thing for a little bit, and uh, although it wasn't the worst thing, um, I did feel like um, this, you know, fun little backdrop I have with all my comedy flyers and my, um, you know, the podcast thing here, the shoes here, um, I missed it. It's a little bit more lively, and I think it's a little more fun, and also, I think most of the feedback has been that uh, people seem to enjoy this uh what do we call it? I guess like the original backdrop better. Um, people miss the shoes. People miss the cats. Um, honestly, right right before I hit play, a record, I mean, I was like kind of um, I was doing some sound checks. I was looking over my notes over here, and um, did my volume volume get lower? I gotta raise it up. Raise it. Get higher. Higher. Higher off the ground. Um. Bulba was like sitting on my lap, and then as soon as I started yelling, um, he ran away. But anyways, guys, so we're back to the original. Um, leave a comment if you think this is good. And uh, and uh, speaking of leaving a comment, uh, please, 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 please subscribe, like, comment to the YouTube channel. We are currently at 2,377 watch hours. Um small uh bump from last week usually i get about 100 hours a week but this week with the delayed video um you know things fell a bit behind so it was a bit of a slower week but that's okay you're gonna hit speed bumps you know on your way to your goals um but yeah please like subscribe comment i really appreciate you watching sign up for my goddamn patreon patreon.com slash james camacho bonus episode every friday um, the, 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 the reason why I want you to enjoy my Patreon is because I want you to enjoy another episode, but also the money that comes from the Patreon just goes back into making this podcast better. All right. So right now I got uh new studio lights. I was able to get a blue screen for my other podcast, which I also use for my, um, auditions. I had, uh, I was able to put money into getting someone to do an intro, getting someone to make the theme music. So it all goes back into the podcast, which kind of makes it, um, more enjoyable for you guys, right? A better, uh, watching, uh, a better, uh, a better view, a better listen. Um, and also if you don't already, please go follow me on the socials. Um, I've, I've been saying this pretty much, I think the whole time I've been doing the podcast, which has been about a year now. My Instagram, my TikTok, my, they're all dead. I'm losing followers every day. Um, at the rate I'm going now, I'm going to have zero followers by the end of the year. And uh, you know how this business is, man. Listen, I could give less of a shit about how many fucking people I don't know follow me online. I could give a shit. But the only way I am going to get any bookings at comedy clubs, at anything... The only way people take you seriously now in this business is if you is if you have a decent following, okay? And um, the way things are going now, I am going to have to start bagging groceries. Um, so please go follow me, Instagram Kamachbro, TikTok Kamachbro. Go watch some of the content on there. Help me, uh, help me, uh, just uh, you know, not not starve. And um, if you want to come to a live show. I'm going to be in Spokane, Washington, March 10th. I'll be in Albany, New York, March 24th. And then I have my show in New York City, March 30th. Tickets at jamescamacho.com. If you have a question you want to send to the podcast, you are more than welcome to send them to jamescamachocomedy at gmail.com. I will answer those. And um, with all, you know, all that begging and all that stuff, all that, uh, What's the word when people uh, uh, ask for uh, so all that soliciting out of the way? Let's get into the podcast. Um, if there are any people watching this that were just at my uh, Maslin, Ohio gigs, Crackpots Comedy Club, 
Thank you so much for coming out. I had a really fun time. And um, Chris Kettler runs that club. He's got a great thing going on there. If you're in the Akron, Ohio area, if you're LeBron James going back to visit your hometown, go to Crackpot's Comedy Club for a good time. If you're like going to the, if you're going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame and you're out there for a couple nights, um, Crackpot's Comedy Club is about I want to say 15 minutes away. So maybe uh, if you go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame with your friends, your family, who, what have you. Go check out a show there. It's a great club. I had a great time. Three fun shows. Um, all white town. All white. Middle-aged. You know, Midwest people. And uh, this is how I know I'm, like, getting better at comedy. It's like, although they don't really understand any of the shit I'm saying, they're still laughing and having a good time, you know? Because, like, I go up there. Like, and, you know, honestly, the fir- the fir- Friday show, the Saturday early show were, j- were great. Then the Saturday Late Show, still great, but I could just tell the crowd was, like, not really, like, we didn't connect on any level, but I was still, like, entertaining enough where they got it, you know? And what I mean by that is, like, you know, the Midwest, man, it's a bunch of, like, hardworking people, uh, white people, you know, blue-collar people. So, you know, when I do all my jokes about my ethnic background, being mixed race, therapy material... Uh, I'm talking about like uh, woke culture and they just don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. You know, all they know out there is, you know, just college, uh, high school football, college football, uh, Trump, you know, maybe doing uh, some tractors and uh, agriculture, you know, just just really, really simple people, man. And um, I brought my, you know, liberal New York City act there. And um I just remember the last show. They, it was it, they were still having a good time, but you could tell like they were just kind of laughing at the concept of me, not really understanding me. But that's how you know you're good. Like that's how you know you're good when you can get people to laugh at you, even if they don't understand you. You know, you kind of bring them into your world, and even if they're not living in that world, you know. Here's a good example of what I'm talking about. I have a therapy material, right? And when I do it in New York, everyone's like, "Woo, I'm in therapy. Woo, yeah." And then when I go out there and I do the therapy material. Everyone acts like they've never been to therapy. There's still that stigma of therapy, you know? And uh, that's the thing. It's like the Midwest and, like, the South and, like, you know, some of these, like, they're not really that open about their mental health issues and, like, getting help and, like, seeking help, you know? It's still kind of like, you know, it's still like, you know, uh, uh, they just bury it inside. They drink a lot of whiskey to, to you know, ignore their problems. And, uh it's so a stigma to it still. So, but the fact that they're still able to get it is uh, really, you know, it helps too. It's like a lot of the women I feel like are more emotional and um, emotionally mature, and they actually do therapy. So the woman will kind of like get my jokes. Like I, I'll do the shows, and women will be like laughing and having a great time, and then the guys kind of just go, "Well, if my chick's laughing, I guess you know I gotta laugh." Too. You know, that's one rule of thumb with comedy. If you're, it's so much easier if you can appeal to ladies. Ladies plan shit, they want to do shit, they want to bring their friends, and then they want to drag their boyfriends. Like, if you can have a female fan base, that that's going to be better for you in um in comedy. um Or in anything, really. Like, women really just seem like uh they drive. Uh, you know, women like to shop, you know? They like to shop. They like to spend money. Guys, what do we like to do? We like to scratch our balls and watch football, you know? But, yeah. Thank you, Maslin, Ohio. Great weekend. Um good to be back it was good to be back on the road man one thing i like about being on the road is that it gives me less time to think about my fucking life because <laughs> literally like you know you gotta wake up friday early get on the plane travel get to the fucking airport get find your you know get picked up go to the hotel once you get in the hotel you take a nap you take a shit you jerk off then you gotta um write for the show go right to the show because you know and you're just you come back from doing two shows you have a couple drinks after the show, you're exhausted. You wake up the next day. Um, you know, for me, like, find the gym. Then they come back. Start writing. Got a show. And then you fly back. And then you fly home. You're exhausted. And then you, you maybe got to, I got to show back. It's like, so there's, like, no time to really think about, um, you know, for me at least. Like, uh, just, just think about shit. Think about my breakup, you know. Like, uh, which, you know, I hope I, hope, I, hope, I hope I just fucking can stop talking about it. But it's like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe... You know, I always give myself shit for talking about it and thinking about it. But it's like, I think I'm just being natural, right? Like, I got to have a five-year relationship. What did I fucking... I got, I, th- I think I got at least like a year to be fucking uh, talking about it, you know? But anyways, so... What was my point? 
Oh, yeah. I miss going on the road because, you know, when I'm home, right, you get in your routine, you start getting in your head, and, like, you think about shit, yada, yada, yada. So um, I'm getting my wish because I'm going on the road this weekend, next weekend, and then um, then I got a couple weeks back home, then going back out, and going back home. You know, it never ends. Anyways, um, so, yes, thank you, Maslin, Ohio. Thank you for everyone coming out. Uh, please come to a live show in the future. Um, let's get uh, – uh, Here's how I know the podcast is growing too, by the way. I'm starting to like produce the podcast a little bit more efficiently. So now I have like segments. I don't know if you guys, you guys that have been following the podcast for a bit are probably starting to sense it. It's like I open up with my, um, you know, my plugs, right? What's going on? You know, my shout outs, all that shit. You know, my shows in the past week. Then I kind of get into some like interesting like like things that are happening in the news, some some weird shit. Then I talk about my you know what happened in my week. Then we have the questions, and then we end with motivational quotes. That seems to be the the format of the podcast that I like. And um, today's no different. We're gonna start off with um, before we get into some interesting weird news topics. Um, let's get into. I, I had Indian food for the first time yesterday. My mom was visiting. Um, she was watching the cats while I was on the road. And we went to get Indian food. And uh, I love Indian food, man. But every time, like, it's so, I hate to be so stereotypical, man. But, like, my stomach is fucking, I feel like, uh, I feel like I'm sick. You know, not sick. But, like, it, it's just, like, it's 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 definitely a little bit uh, hot down there in the stomach. It's definitely a little bit spicy, you know. It's a bit gurgly, you know. My, it, 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 and, like, I haven't even been shitting that much. <laughs> but... It feels weird, man. It's like it's like hot, and like uh, I could, I just feel like in my stomach, like uh, it's almost like a like a weird chemical reaction going on. But had some Indian food yesterday. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, had some sag paneer, some naan, some chicken tikka, um, delicious, and also a bit nostalgic. I was sitting in this Indian restaurant, man, and then obviously you know they're playing like these uh um, this Indian music in the background, and it's just like you know I. I I don't know any of the lyrics, but it's just like, <laughs> hope that's not too offensive. Um, but man, I gotta be honest, man. I hate to bring it up again, but I had like a, like a flashback, like a nostalgic feeling of, uh, being, um, with my ex at like these family Indian functions, you know, like I went to her sister's wedding Indian wedding. Um, I've been. I've. I uh, when I visited her grandparents, we stay at their house, and they're Indian, and they they're really religious and stuff. And like, yeah, man, I was sitting there eating Indian food. It was, the, and it was also the first time I've had Indian food since. Um, I think the la- the last time I had Indian food was with her, and we're still together. And eating the food didn't really make me feel like uh, nostalgic, but when I heard the 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 music. It did kind of take me back. That music is fucking fascinating, man. Like, music can really, um, you know, there's that question. It's like, would you rather have, like, music? Some people have, like, would you ever rather have music or sports, right? And, like, listen, sports, for the most part, is very disappointing, right? You root for one team. What are the chances your team is going to, like, win the World Series or the Super Bowl? But music, man, it's like you can choose your music. You can choose, and it fucking really like it can affect you, man. Movies too, man. I'll, I'll, I'll. Um, I was gonna bring this up later, but I watched a movie. Um, because you know I'm doing my uh off night movie night. Um, to take the place of football, like when I, you know, so so if you guys aren't, if you guys don't know, um, during the football season, um, I was trying to not be too much of a workaholic which is actually one of my, you know, goals in life in general, but like I would take Sunday off and just watch football all day. I'd veg out and just kind of reset. And um now that football's over, my reset is uh watching a movie that I've been meaning to watch in a while. So, I actually watched a movie uh last night and uh it made me realize a lot of shit and it's crazy. That's why arts are so important, man. Like we kind of forget. I think people really just forget and there's so much shit content out there now, you know. Uh, my stuff, my stuff included. I'm not gonna pretend like I'm I'm making brilliant content here. I'm literally a fucking guy. No one knows like talking shit. And um, but yeah, dude, like the right music, the right uh movie, the right shit. Like it 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 can really 
I don't know, it can really impact you, man. So what was my whole point here? Oh, yeah, the music, like, it really brought me back to, like, when I was with my ex and stuff, man. And, like, I honestly, it's kind of like that, um, it's kind of like that, uh, what's, what's the, what's the term I'm looking for? Not friendly fire, but it's like a, ca it's like almost like a casualty now, you know? Like, Indian food's kind of like a casualty, or Indian culture is kind of like a casualty to me now, you know? Because even as I'm, like, on these dating apps, I'm swiping, right? You know, Indian girl comes up, Indian girl, and like I'm like I I'm at the I just I don't know how these guys like they break they break or girls that break up with someone go right back to someone that looks exactly like their ex. You know, like right now I'm on a dating app, and no offense, this isn't anything personal, but any Indian girl comes up there, I'm just like I I just can't I I can't I just fucking can't, man. I'm sitting there eating Indian food with my mom. I'm thinking about her the last time we had Indian food, her fucking um, sister's wedding, which was fucking really fun man that's one of the things about breakups that are t like the things we don't always talk about like obviously like you lose your partner you lose someone that you know you invested so much time with but then you also like meet like people especially if it's like a serious relationship you meet cousins you meet friends you meet uh sisters you meet uh, just people and then like it's weird because like you almost have this thing of like if, especially if you're dating someone for a long time you meet their family it's like oh i guess i'm gonna be like i guess we're like i'm gonna know you for the rest of your life probably right is that the goal here it's like you're you're probably gonna get the goal you would think it's like if you're in a long-term relationship it's like all right you guys are gonna get married you're gonna be part of this family so like i'm gonna like we're gonna have to become family also and then when you break up it's just like whoosh, you know but dude that's that's hack that's like the age-old thing about breakups it's just like it's so wild to share everything with someone and then the next day it's like they're strangers man it's really one of the fucking weirdest most unnatural things and I fucking hate that, man. You know, to me, that's really unnatural. And it's really phony. And I wish. Uh, but you know how people are. Anyways. All right. Let's not get too. I don't want to keep talking about the breakup. So I had Indian food. My stomach feels weird. And um, on that note, let's talk about some of this shit here, man. I've been getting a lot. So I've been doing the road. Obviously, I've been getting a lot of questions about this. Um congestion pricing in new york people are like uh they've heard of it and if you guys haven't heard of it congestion pricing is um a thing that's going to be happening in new york city where um drivers will be charged a toll on their easy pass which is uh that's like um oh man because easy pass is only for the northeast right it's like it's like uh your toll pass thing right like if if, in, if, if you're in florida it's sun pass I forget what it's called in other places, but it's like, you know, it's a thing you put on your, your uh, dashboard or your windshield. And like, if you go through a toll, it automatically registers, right? So drivers will be charged a toll on their easy pass to enter Manhattan. Um, this is, uh, includes streets in Manhattan below 60th street. Um, toll does not apply to FDR drive, Westside highway, Hugh L Carey tunnel connecting to West street. However, you will be told if you exit from the excluded roadway, um, yeah, so basically in New York, if you're going below 60th Street in a car, um, you will get a toll. And I believe the toll is what, um, how much is the toll now? I had an article here somewhere about it. I'm trying to find it. Um, shit, I had it before. I don't even know where it is now. But I think it was like 15 bucks or something. 15 bucks for a car and like $24. Yeah. So passenger vehicles will be charged $15. Trucks will be charged anywhere from 24 to 36 depending on size. Motorcycles are 750, man. That's fucking wild, dude. Like so if you're coming from New Jersey, right, or from out of state, you got to pay a toll to get in the city, which is I think $16 now. And then if you go below Manhattan or you enter Manhattan, that's another $15. It's like it's so crazy, man. It's like, you know, and look, it, the funny part is like, this is this is what they say the benefits will. The, so the reason why they want to do this, and I'm looking at the reasons now, and they're completely leaving out the real reason. They say it's to reduce traffic and travel time, lead to safer streets and cleaner air, reduce emissions, improve quality of life. The people that want to do congestion pricing tolls in new york city 
This is the bullshit they're telling us. They want to reduce traffic, travel time, safer streets, cleaner air. Okay, first off, it's really to make money. That's all it is, right? They make, listen, supply, demand, business, whatever, yada, yada. People, <laughs> you know, so if you guys don't know Manhattan, um, the bulk of like the businesses and like the, you know, the, the shit you see online, the cosmopolitan, the fashion, the, the everything, right? The studios, the, the fill, everything, Madison Square Garden, all that shit is below 60th Street. That's why they have that the line at 60th Street, right? It's just to make more money, man. And they know people need to get in there. It's not like, oh, um, fuck it, I'm just not going to go to work. People got to go to work. So, so they know people need to go down there. They want more money. And they're just going to stay. They don't give a fuck if it's ethical or not, you know? This is just like when people when we got out of COVID, everything went up. Gas prices went up. Milk went up. Cereal, everything went up. Everything was so much more expensive, right? And it's not because like, oh, we got to make our money back, which, yes, people, they got to make our money back. But they also know, man, it's just like, where else are you going to get fucking gas? You can't. Dude, they could charge $500 for gas. What the fuck are people going to do? People are going to pay it, you know? Now, granted, there may be less people that drive. They may try to find other ways to get around. And I guess that's what they're trying to say here. It's like it's going to reduce traffic and t travel time. Okay. But for the majority of people, they're not they're they're not actually being like, "We got to implement this so we so we can get less uh travel and congestion, so we can less pollution, so people can breathe better and it can lead to a better quality." No, they just want people's fucking money. There is I would guarantee you 95 at least 95% of people that were already traveling driving downtown on a regular basis, 90, over 95% are going to change their fucking way of life from this. No one's going to just magically go, I'm going to walk to work, or I'm going to take a bike, or I'm going to do something that's cheaper, maybe take a, a bus, you know? Because yeah, what the fuck does that even mean? So now you're going to have more buses? Buses take more, uh, they pollute more anyways, you know? God, it's so fucking sad, man. This is the world we live in, dude. And it's like, dude, it's, yeah, yeah. It's like the same thing with um football, right? Football, they put that one game that you had to buy Peacock for, for that one game, right? It's just like, bro, it's like we know why you're doing that. You're doing that because you know people are going to pay it because they want to watch fucking – they have no option, right? When the when the demand is there, you can do anything you want. Same thing with, like, these fucking Nike shoes, dude. They know a million people want these Travis Scott shoes, right? I'm surprised they don't charge – they should just charge, like, $1,000 for these shoes retail. I don't know why they fucking – let the second like, but the secondary markets will charge all this money because people, there's a demand for it. You know, if there's a demand, you can pretty much charge whatever you want. You know, like I don't know at what point people will stop buying water, people will stop buying milk. You know, I'm sure they're trying to figure out a way to. They can, I'm sure there's so many companies right now that have tried to figure out ways to monetize the air we breathe, the water we drink. You know, like like the sunlight we get. You know, can you imagine like at some point? Like, like air becomes like a thing you have to pay for, you know, and it starts, you know, and, and even at a lesser extent, what about like uh, those dating apps, right? I got a bit, a bit about it in my act now, but it's like, dude, when I was on, when I met my ex on there and all those years before I was on dating apps when I was single, bro, it was literally like you just swiped until your fingers broke, you know? Now, if you're not paying for a, a, a subscription, you swipe for fucking five minutes, you're done. They cut you off, you know? And then they have all these things of like, oh, if you want to uh, see the people who like you, you got to pay this. Oh, if you actually like, you know, if you, I don't know. What's another thing? It's like, if you want to see people that have uh, more interest, like are, are more interest in common than you, you have to pay this much money. It's just like, dude, it's just like, if there is a, a, a supply, a demand for something, um, you know, it's just like about pricing yourself out. But things like airlines, uh, you know, getting the places, Food, water, uh, dentist and shit, all that shit. It's like, dude, it's really, you know, hard to price yourself out when it's something that people need, you know? Think about it, man. If, like, you were starving or if you were, like, to the point where you're about to, you're dehydrated, to the point where you're about to die, someone has a fucking bottle of water, which is normally a dollar at a goddamn bodega on the street, and you're dying and they go $5 million, the only water you have access to, you'll pay that fucking money if you have it, man, you know? And it's just fucking sad that, like, 
this whole world's fucked up, man. Everyone pretends like they give a shit. You know, I'm on here spewing motivational quotes, too. It's like, yeah. but it's like, man, people are evil, man. You know, that's capitalism in a, in a nutshell. But yeah, so, you know, the, the, I, I was uh, this shit gets me mad, but I don't drive in the city. I take the train. I heard something, too. It's like if you take the train, they're, like they're trying to help the MTA out. So more people will take the subway. It's like that's the last thing we fucking need, you know. We need we need more people in the subway. It's already packed enough, man. God, they just like, and New York's already expensive to live in. It's like they just don't give a shit, man. They're gonna price everyone out of New York at a certain point. I mean, that's kind of what the theory is, right? That's why you see the gentrification. They just want to get. It's not even like like people always say it's like oh it's racist, it's this. They're just trying to get black people out, trying to get like you know, uh, POCs out. Dude, I don't even think it's racism. I think they're just like, dude, if we can make money here, you know, and these, there's these like uh, neighborhoods that we can take over and like put Starbucks and other shit and just just gouge people like take it's all about making more money. They don't give a fuck about anything. You know, if if uh, if it was like POCs or like uh, immigrants or whatever, and they were spending the same money that white people were spending, they wouldn't give a shit, you know. Man, I'm getting all riled up. I didn't think I'd be all passionate in this episode. <laughs> talk about price surging. Let's let's talk about this, man. Maybe maybe I could pull up the article on my um. Because another another reason why I wanted to go back here is because um, I have the screen here and I can screen mirror some of the shit I'm talking about to you guys. Um, oh, crap, dude. This is sometimes I hate this uh, thing because I'll drag stuff over and. Sometimes I'll just lose it. Like, I dragged an article here just now, and it's gone. I don't know where the fuck it went. Where did the article go? Wow, that's fucking creepy. It's like a ghost article. All right. Let me see if I can pull it up. But, you know, speaking of price surging, oh, here we go. It's up. It's up. It's up. Um, I read this today, and I thought you guys might be interested in this because this is wild, too, if it ever will load. Uh, Wendy's planning Uber. Oh, God. This this is. Look at these ads. Um. Wendy's planning Uber-style surge pricing where burger prices fluctuate based on demand. Hold on a second, guys. Real quick, before we continue. It is too difficult for me to to fucking read the articles like this where I'm fucking twisted and turning. So what I'm going to try to do, and I'm so sorry, I don't have a producer I don't have money. This is why you guys got to really help. Well, what is this? Oh, this is my Netflix. Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah, I was. that's not the movie I watched yesterday. I was debating on watching this movie, but um, I ended up going with something else. I'll talk about it later because it actually was really impactful to me. Um, shit. All right. Let me, let, me, let me bring up the article on my computer here because I'm doing different. Um, I'm doing two screens. Now I'm going to do one. I'm going to share this one screen here. Okay. Um, let's see what we got here. Yeah, so Wendy's pricing, Wendy's planning pricing where burgers fluctuate. Uh, man, I can't. I, I'm I'm I, I'm hopped up now. I don't know what the hell's going on with me. Maybe I'm just excited to be doing the podcast in this um the old setup. But Wendy's planning Uber style surge pricing where burger prices fluctuate based on demand. Wendy's is preparing to test an Uber style surge pricing model where prices will fluctuate throughout the day based on demand. Meeting a Dave's Burger will cost more during the lunchtime rush. Wendy CEO Kirk Tanner, that guy just, that's the douchiest name I've ever heard. Kirk Tanner? Oh my God, what a horrible name. Who rose to the chief role earlier this month, announced the new system on a call with investors, noting that pricing menu will begin testing in 2025. With the dynamic pricing model, the chain's iconic Dave single could increase by as much as $1 at lunchtime and drop down by the same amount after the lunch rush. With, with constant pricing shifts, Wendy's will rely on digital menu boards. Um, all right, well, first off, you know, I feel bad for the guy who's going to make the flyers now. He's going to lose his job, right? He's going to, the guy who makes the menus, right? You go in there. And then you're just sitting there like, you're standing there like, whoa, what should I get today? Sir, can I help you? Well, just, can you give me a second? You, that guy's out of a job, right? Now they're going to do it all digital. That guy's gone. 
Where's he going to do? How's he going to pay his bills? His wife's going to leave him. <laughs> All right. I'm being stupid now. But yeah. So, I mean, I thought it, I, I, this sounds outrageous, obviously. Price surging for fucking fast food that's going to kill you. You know? How hilarious is that? Oh, yeah. I want to poison myself with fries and processed fucking food. Oh, yeah, well, sir, we have a high demand. For, that's how you know America's a fucked up place. They're actually going to charge more because there's a fucking demand for poison. Isn't that insane? But it says, uh, so basically, if you if, uh, for the layman, what they're doing is like, you know, if you go if, lunchtime, dinner time, where, you know, people are on their break from work, going to get food, um... They're going to charge more for the same burger. So I guess if you go at noon and six, the burger will be a dollar more expensive. And then if you go at a less busy time, it'll be um, a dollar less, which is, I guess, not that much of a jump. But also it's like, dude, it's the same fucking sandwich, you know? Like they're trying to like if you comp- like if you talk about like Uber and like Lyft and like price share uh, ride sharing stuff, even though it's still shitty that when it rains an Uber will be fucking seven hundred eighty dollars to go two blocks, which you know that's an exaggeration, but it's like you're still getting something different. It's like you know you know what I mean. It's just like if I need to get somewhere and it's raining, um, I may get an Uber and. I'm getting shelter from the rain, right? If you're gonna, if you're hungry, you're not getting a different fucking sandwich, you know. At lunch, there's nothing different. So, I don't know why. I don't know what the fucking. I mean, it's just it's just not, we just talked about it with the the price surging. I mean, um, the congestion pricing. It's just like they're like, we need. How can we? How can we get more money? Oh, let's just do this. And this is literally just literally telling you like, hey, there's more demand, so we're going to charge more. It, 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 this is literally just like so blatantly um, greedy, capitalist. I mean, I don't know. I guess we, this is the, the society we live in, right? Capitalist society. So, oh, boy, this is just, just depressing me, man. Let's see here. Um with the dynamic price model, New Yorkers could expect to shell out $10 for a cheeseburger at lunchtime, not including a drink or fries. And this is because in Times Square, New York, the Dave single goes for eight nineteen, as opposed to like uh, Newark, Newark, New Jersey, which is $6. Bro, you're going to pay $10 for a fucking shit fast food cheeseburger? What the fuck is wrong with you, man? You know? And I get it. Some people like fast food is fast food for a reason, right? It's because you can get your, your your food quicker. Maybe you got a thirty minutes lunch break, right? And it takes you ten minutes to get there, ten minutes to get back. So you really only have like a ten minute lunch break. But it's like, bro, ten dollars for a cheeseburger too. It's just like you know the you know the real problem I think is like the fact that there is such demand for this horseshit food. If no one ate this stuff, they wouldn't be able to do shit like this. It's amazing. Listen, and I'm a health nut, all right? I am abnormal. I, I count my calories. I buy fuck. I, I never eat fast food, right? I had Indian food yesterday. I feel like my stomach is, uh, stomach's, uh, I feel like I, I, I don't know. I feel like I, I swallowed a bunch of tacks, you know? That that makes it sound like it wasn't enjoyable, but it was enjoyable. But my, my stomach feels like it's, um, it feels like, you, you know, when, um, when the when like witches they make little potions in that gigantic big black little bowl right and they put the apples and whatever like they sack me or, or people when people like do rituals they like they they put stuff in a big bowl and like blah, 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 you see the water blah, 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 like that's how my stomach feels now but it's amazing man the price what's next first it's ride sharing then it's gonna be food like what's another thing you know they do that with airlines, right? If there's like, a, if you get a flight at 6 a.m., it's going to be way cheaper than if you get it at 2 p.m. Man, it's so fucking wild. And you're paying for the same thing. Demand, baby. You know what? I should be taking a lesson. I'm, I'm, I'm talking my shit. I'm getting all, you know, worked up. I'm talking all humanitarian. Like, I, I am struggling right now. I should be taking notes. Where is the demand? Where is my demand? I got to build demand for my comedy. 
There's no demand for my comedy now. That's why I'm a fucking loser. How can I build demand? Can you guys, you guys are my fans. What, what brings you here? Can you tell me, <laughs> like, like, what's my demand? You know, what's my, um, what's my Baconator? What's my Dave's Jr.? What's my uh, Uber in the rain? Please let me know. I've been thinking about hiring, hiring a marketing person. And I would, totally would, but your boy got no money. Patreon.com slash James Camacho, five bucks a month. You know what it is? Maybe it's the Indian food mixed with this coffee. Maybe it's creating some kind of cocaine reaction. <laughs> Sorry, guys. All right, let's move on. But yeah, no, I mean, I mean do we have any happy topics? There's got to be happier. To- oh, no. Oh, no. That's all my notes. All right. You guys can't see that. See, this is why this is why I didn't want to totally um, show you guys what's going on. So what I'm going to have to do. Oh, boy. Guys, please sign up for the Patreon so I can hire a producer who can actually do this. So I don't have to do it. And I don't have to have all these awkward uh, pauses as I try to produce the podcast. Um, okay. So we have that article. Um, you know what? Maybe I could just read it off the board. I don't. I don't want you guys to see what I got on my computer. A lot of, a lot of you know weird stuff on there. Um, all right. This isn't. Um. <laughs> okay, two more things. If I can get through. What time are we at? Thirty six. Oh, we gotta hurry it up here. Um. Here's a wild one. I'll open this up for you guys. Does it come up here? Another New York Post article. Um. Apparently, a woman was charged more than $1,000 for a Subway sandwich, leaving her cash-strapped and struggling to afford groceries and still hasn't gotten a refund from the sandwich chain. What the fuck? So this lady, she goes to Subway, another fucking poison. She goes to get poison. This is why, you know, as much as I feel bad for this person, you shouldn't be charged $1,000 for a sandwich. It's a mistake, obviously, right? Yeah. So she got, but like, dude, what are you doing? Like, eat something. Like, don't go to Subway. Don't go to Wendy's. Like, I mean, the the the, the quality of employee they have there. Like, you know? <laughs> oh, what am I? Vic- I can't victim blame. This is ridiculous. All right. So, a woman was charged more than $1,000 for a Subway sandwich, leaving her cash strapped. Okay, we just said that. So, she goes to Columbus, Ohio. There's a Subway and a gas station. She orders three sandwiches for herself. She gets charged on her debit card $1,021.50, including um, $1,010 for a single sandwich. So they fucked up. They charged her $1,010 for one sandwich, and then the other sandwiches were regular price, right? Um, what's this bullshit on the side? Oh, ads everywhere. Um, so she contacts Subway corporate office. There's no phone number that leads to a live person, which is... That's not surprising, right? You have an issue with the company. You try to get someone on the phone. Impossible, right? Impossible. And then um, noting that in the nearly two months since she was ripped off by the company, she hasn't been able to get a hold of anyone who can help. This happened two months ago. She can't get anyone to help her with this? That's fucking insane. And then she went to the bank. Um, They couldn't help her. And then um, she can't get groceries. And Okay. And then she goes to the store and the subway store has closed. Oh, my God. Could this thing get any fucking worse for her? And then the, the subway did not. And then they contacted the subway and they didn't even respond. Langan said that the superfluous charge could be considered theft, meaning Bishop could file a police report. Yeah, she should, dude. So this lady goes to Subway. She gets charged $1,000 by accident for a sandwich, I guess. Um, and then, one, she can't get anyone on Subway, in the head the head office on the phone, so she's fucked. Bank doesn't want to help her. And then she goes to the Subway. It's closed. I mean, good God. All for a fucking... Uh, Chicken teriyaki BLT. That's that's just not real meat. Oh my god, that is insane, man. That fact that she can't get any help—that's the biggest thing, dude. It's like, I mean, I I think I read somewhere too. Uh, there was another article that said like, you know, you should never use your debit card because once the debit money's off the debit card, it's gone forever, right? So you should just use your credit card. Um, 
But dude, this is this is wrong. And like the fact that she can't get any help for it. She says she can't get groceries. What did she even get? Let's see what she got. She got a Pepsi. I don't know what the fuck that. Oh, she got a Pepsi, I guess. Damn, she got a lot of shit on there though. Look at all this stuff. Hold on a second. Look at. So she got charged a thousand dollars for an Italian bread, provolone cheese, lettuce, pickles, black olives, onions, banana peppers, Baja Chipotle, uh, vinaigrette. She got vinaigrette, black pepper, Parmesan cheese. You know what? I'm not trying to victim blame, but that's a lot of shit. That's a lot of add-ons, you know? <laughs> she definitely went in there with like, you know what? I'm getting a sandwich. I'm getting, I'm, I'm putting on as much shit as possible. I got to fucking get my money's worth. And God damn it, you got your money's worth. You you got, yeah, got $1,000. How do you get Parmesan cheese and provolone cheese on the same sandwich? Come on. I hate to be a dick to the victim, but like, you know, I'm just joking. You know, she's got to get her money back. Man, Subway is just. How could you, how how does anyone, man, that just, just, you know, it's one thing to like lose a thousand dollars, like gambling, right? Or you, you go to, a, you do a crazy night, Right. Yeah, I don't know. You go to a club or something. You just have a wild night, right? Or you you, you take someone out and, uh, you know, he or she just, you know, whatever. You're just having a good time. Spend all this money. But $1,000 for a fucking Subway sandwich, man. There's nothing you get out of that, you know? <laughs> it would be so... You eat the Subway sandwich. You find out you paid $1,000 for it. That must shit must have been the most depressing thing. Ha <laughs> ha! She sees the olives and the fucking par- the little little pieces of uh, onions in the poop. She's like, that was a thousand dollars right there, right down the toilet. No, that wasn't even planned. What a great fucking. All right, we're at forty minutes. We gotta. All right, we gotta move on to some questions here. Um. Oh boy, guys! Again, if you want to send the question to the podcast, James Camacho Comedy at gmail.com. I will answer your mother freaking questions. I am trying to pull up the podcast backdrop here. There we go. All right. Kicking it with Camacho. Um, let's maximize that. All right. Let's answer some questions here. Um, James Camacho Comedy, gmail.com. Send your questions. Question one. Did you always major in English theater? If not, what was the turning point that made you switch? Okay, great question. I was not always an English theater major. For the first two years of my college, collegiate um, career, that's not a right way. First two years of college, I'm going to stop trying to sound smart. It's, it's, uh, I only embarrass myself when I try to. Um, I was actually uh, undecided. Honestly, man, the first year of college, I never even attended class. I was just uh, first, the first sem- uh, semester of college, right? There's two semesters in a year. Fall semester, freshman year, I didn't go to class at all. I just drank, blacked out, partied, um, ate dining hall food. Like I, I was like unable. I was like unable to like um, act. Like I, I could not. Like I was still trying to figure out how to live without like away from my parents. Like I was in a dorm um, with with other people that wanted a party, and I was on my own. No one was breathing down my neck. And you know, college is different than. High school, man. You know, if you're not doing your homework in high school, they'll call your parents. Like in college, they don't they don't fucking care. You know? Like they don't you don't do your homework, you don't do your homework. Nothing happens. So yeah, that first semester, man, I think I literally had like a zero or one GPA. It was terrific. Um there was like a Friday class at eight thirty. I I literally never went to because Thursday was a big drinking night. I flunked all my classes. Um yeah, dude, I got like zero on like calculus tests. And then my um uh, my my spring semester of college, I was in risk of like flunking out. So I got I, I kind of figured out, bro. This is gonna be so sad, but this is completely true. And if my parents, my mom hears this, she's gonna be like really upset at me, probably. But dude, I I didn't know I had um I didn't know I had a college uh email account until my my spring semester of uh college. I literally didn't, I never checked it once. I didn't know it was a thing, you know? It, it You know, and I, I don't think my mom will really be mad at me, but it's like, hey, man, it's like, 
I didn't know anything. Like I literally went to college. I didn't know anything. I did like I I was living with my parents. I was in school and like they just I was just thrown into this fucking world of like you take care of yourself and like it it took me like um it took me some time to like actually get acclimated and actually smarten up. Um so anyways, but I turned it around. So I was able to like uh keep myself in school and then the next semester the next year I kind of had to like play catch up with all the classes I funked flunked and then my junior year I transferred from Rutgers Newark to Rutgers New Brunswick and that's when things started to change so I remember um I wanted to transfer desperately and I actually had like a semester where I had like a 4.0 GPA just because I was so my that was my whole purpose was to transfer to uh Rutgers New Brunswick so I transferred and at the time I think I was like um matriculating to just being uh, an economics major you know just that's what everyone was doing business I wasn't in the business school and all my friends at the time were in business right finance so I did economics and um but I just did it because everyone else was doing it and I honestly yeah I hated it man it was it was really hard I didn't get it I didn't have any love for it and it wasn't until I got to Rutgers New Brunswick my third year of college where I remember my mom telling me, like, what is your major? Like, what are you going to do with your life? And at the time, I had really no idea. I was, like, pretending I wanted to be an econ major. And I just remember, like, like, th- like you know, thinking, like, what do I want to do? Like, what is it I really want to do? And it just, I just started remembering all those times when I was a kid I used to draw comic books. I used to write short stories. My obsession with movies. My obsessions with uh, comedy. And I just was like, I want to be an actor in comedy. I want to be in show business. I want to be something in, in the arts. And be creative. And I literally, I stopped my progress as an econ major. And then I took all these um, English courses. And I started my path as an English major and I minored in theater too. And that's it. That's, that's when I became an English theater major. It's when I kind of like, um, the turning point was I was faced with the decision. What do you want to do with your life? College is almost over. What are you going to do? And I was like, Hey, I get one life. I'm going to fucking, uh, I'm going to go for it. I'm not gonna, man, that's amazing. Can you imagine if at that moment, instead of going for what I wanted and like actually trying for what I dreamed of, I just was like, I'm just going to continue my path on what is like expected me of the world, which is like econ, finance. Man, where would I be today? I probably have more money. <laughs> but would I be happy? I would, I, I would bet my entire life savings right now. Not that much. But I would bet that if I had chosen that route, where I was, I went with, through with econ, or I got like a, a real job, like nine to five, you know, internship, all that stuff, normal people stuff. Guarantee you, I'd be a huge alcoholic still. Guarantee it. Um. All right. Um. Growing up, I felt like. Uh, oh, so by the way, um, Drea sent the Drea sent these um questions. She's a she's uh, a top fan. Sends questions every week. I really appreciate it. Um, oh, look at that. I got some I got some bookings at. Oh, wow. I actually got a spot. Oh, sorry. I was checking my email to see. All right. I'll, I'll go back to this later. Uh, well, whatever. I got I got bookings for uh, I got a booking for something. Uh, just checking my email. Sorry, guys. All right. Come on, James. Respect the audience. They're here to listen to you. I'll listen to you. Check your email. Um. Dre, you said something I wanted to uh, talk about real quick in the email. It wasn't one of the, it was it was um, what is it you wrote that I really thought was cool? Oh, oh, Dre was talking about how like she 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 never wanted to bring her dates to watch her perform. She was like, I'm I was too focused on my setting setting up my gear merch table, making sure my bandmates aren't too drunk, networking. See, uh, networking with other bands and venue and work. Yeah, so see, you're 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 smart, Drea. You know, and I think as a musician, there's probably more things to set up. Like as a comedian, it's like 
you know, people ask me all the time, do you need anything? Do you need like a sound check? Do you need a, what do you, do you, do you want us to like bring your um, uh, music up? I'm like, no, just give me a fucking microphone and a stool. That's it. Now sound check over, you know? Um, so you probably have so much more to do. You seem responsible. Um, and like, yeah, it's like, why would you want to bring a date to that work environment where you're going to probably be a little bit more intense, a little bit more uh, serious, you know? Um, but for comedy, it's, you know, it's definitely work. Um, here's the thing though. It's like at the time when I would bring dates to shows, I wasn't like my, my, like I wasn't thinking I'm not, I'm not as mature as I am right now. Now I wouldn't do that for a few reasons. One is cause yes, I am working and you know, I like to keep my work in like, you know, pleasure, like, like, like personal life separate. Another reason is like, I am still working on material about my breakup and you know, why would I if 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 I go on a date with someone and they bring up their ex, how is it appropriate for me to bring someone to a show where I talk in front of people about my ex? You know, it's it's still shitty. So um, you're you're a better person than me at the time. I just like was I just wanted to look cool. So I'd bring the girls to the club. Everyone's like, look, James gets laid. And then I always knew, too. It's like if I did the show and I did well and they were there, it was also really it was also like a you know a way for me to get laid, um, so yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely uh, I, I I respect you. You're a little smarter than I am, um, but yeah. So Drea uh, asked me if there was a uh, growing up if I felt like there growing up. She said she said she when she was growing up she felt like there was a stigma about being an only child. Only child in media were perceived as selfish or awkward. Did you ever? Uh, she asked me, "Did you ever worry about people knowing you were an only child?" I, I, ne- um, you know what? That's funny you say. Um, I definitely, I don't know. In the in the media, you don't really see a lot in the media or on TV about only children. Like, there's not really a famous character on TV that has no siblings, right? I feel like every major character has a brother or something because, you know, it's a sitcom or a TV show. They want to be able to like, oh, he's got a brother. Let's bring him in for an episode. Right. You know, keep keep the, the series going. Um, that's an interesting question. Are there any fictional, famous, fictional only children on TV, film, anything? I guess Harry Potter. There we go. Harry Potter's an only child, right? <laughs> Not by choice. Parents kind of got killed. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Um but yeah, he's one. Harry Potter's an only child. Um, but yeah, I don't know if in the media if there's that stigma, but there's definitely a stigma. It's like a, it's like a, it's almost like a stigma no one cares about, which is almost worse because then there's like no attention paid to it. But yeah, and as an only child, people kind of assume you're, uh, they assume you're spoiled. Um, it's also, I feel like there's this thing too, especially in the real world now. It's like if you're an only children, it's just like. Oh, so like, what do you have like no connections in the world or something, right? Is that something that that you feel, Drea? Do other only children feel that way, where it's like, I don't know, you you come across as like a less social or less kind of connected person, you know? But yeah, there's definitely it's like I have a bit about it in my act, but it's like no one finds out you're an only child and thinks it's cool or likes you more or is impressed. You know, it's always the opposite. It's like if you're an only child, most people go. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Or, oh, that sucks. Or, like, oh, so is it true that you were this way, you're that way? Um, did I ever worry about people knowing I was an only child? Honestly, uh, my my original thought was no. But, dude, I used to lie about um, not being an only child growing up. I used to, like, I had a best friend who was uh, half Chinese as well. He was Chinese and white. I used to tell people he was my brother. Um, I used to just make up shit, man. I didn't want I, – I used to say, like, I had this, I had this cousin – um, my only male cousin, um, no, that's not true, but, like, one of my, my oldest male cousin, um, big buff dude, super cool guy, I always kind of looked up to him, and, um, yeah, very successful guy, jacked, and, um, I used to tell him he was my brother, you know, I used to say I have this older brother that, like, uh, you know, he's in college and stuff, and, like, it's just all lies, I, I just, I don't know, I don't know if I didn't want people to think I was an only child, or I don't know if I just really wanted siblings. I just wanted to. So, but yeah, it's definitely something I don't, I I didn't like growing up. I always wish I had a sibling still to this day. Dude, I'm, that's a joke, but like my mom is well past 
well, at the point where she can't have kids. But if she had somehow, she was like, she had a, she was pregnant today. Man, I'd be souped, man. I'd be fucking, I'd be so happy. Can you imagine I'm 30 years older than my fucking brother? I take it, man. I'll take anything. But yeah, there's definitely a stigma about it. Um, I'm not ashamed about it anymore. Like, I, I don't lie about it anymore. But, uh, yeah, I guess, I, like, if I was on a date with someone and they asked if I had siblings, I guess there's a little bit of part of me that's, like, kind of sad to admit that, you know? I was always really, um, not jealous or envious in a bad way, but my ex has siblings. And, um, man, I, I remember just going to hang out with her and her family and uh, just thinking, like, man, like, I wish I had this many uh, people like, in my immediate family, you know? Yeah. Oh, boy. Every podcast gets so depressing at one point. <laughs> Dre has a few more questions. I'm going to answer them next week, Dre, because uh, I kind of rambled too much about the other stuff. But speaking of getting sad, um, I feel like the podcast always gets kind of sad and serious. At a point, you know, that's the kind of guy I am. You know, I like to joke. I have to have a good time, but I'm pretty authentic. And, uh, you know, I'm going through a breakup and I'm also trying to do this thing where I catch up on movies I haven't seen in a while or new movies I've never seen. And this week's movie that I catched, I watched on my day off was uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. If you haven't seen that movie, highly recommend it. Jim Carrey plays a really serious role in there. The premise of the movie is basically... Jim Carrey uh, undergoes a procedure. It's a fictional procedure where they can erase his memory of a specific person. So he goes through a breakup and he goes through a surgery where he has a surgery done where it erases his ex from his mind. And that's the premise of the movie. And obviously it's like with my breakup, I wanted to, you know, I've been meaning to watch this movie again because uh, what's better to get over a breakup than watching other people get broken up with? Even fictional, non-fictional. Yeah, you know, but I wanted to share you with this with you guys. Um, and this, I was talking about earlier in the podcast about the impact of arts like music, comedy, movies, film, TV. It could have on a person. Right. And I watched this internal sunshine, the spotless mind. If you have, I don't I'm not going to spoil it. But like I said, I'll, I'm not going to spoil it, but I'll give a little bit away. And it doesn't give away any ending, but it's like he's having his memory erased. Right. Of his ex. And he's unconscious, but he's like kind of in this dream state. The movie takes place in this kind of dream state where he's having the memories and they're being deleted. So like he like, you know, he has a memory of him and his ex fighting and then he's having the memory and then like she'll disappear and that memory has gone. Then he will move on to another memory and then it plays out and then it disappears. Right. And the beginning, it's a lot of bad memories like arguing. Um, the relationship getting boring, falling apart, falling out of love, yada, yada, yada. But then there's one good memory. And as he's going through that good memory with him and his ex, he realizes like, like he can see like she's disappearing. The memory's going away, fading away. And he wants to, he decides in that moment to, he wants to reverse the, um, the memory process. But the problem is, so the whole thing is like, he's unconscious and he he's dreaming, but in his dream state, he's like, I want this to stop. I want to keep these memories. Um, and then, you know, basically the movie's about him trying to fight the memory um, eradication, if that makes sense. Anyway, so one thing I learned from this man is like, um, and this will be also the motivational quote of the week, guys. Um, people come into your life for a reason. Right. But it is up to us to decide why they come into our lives. And what I mean by that, I'll just give you my example is, uh, well, my ex and I broke up. I was, you know, it, it, it hurt, man. I mean, I was with her for five years. I loved her and um, I did all, you know, I, I um, did all I could for the relationship. I, I really put all I could into it. And I don't regret, um, I am not ashamed at how, what I did in the relationship. Like, there's not a part of me that was like, there's not a part of me that feels any regret on the effort and the love I, I put into her. And when, you know, you know, during the breakup, you go through the grieving process and 
man, you know, there was a lot of um, anger, a lot of bitterness. I want, you know, I had definitely had that like revenge. Like I want to show her, you know, you know, I start hitting the gym, start um, doing things online to like um, maybe she'll notice or like I'll show her. And just thinking about all the times that we argued and like the things that I felt like how, how I was wronged and I was screwed and blah, blah, blah. And like I gave this and why, why could she do that? Right. For the last few months. And then watching this movie yesterday, man. About this guy trying to erase his girlfriend from his mind. And then, you know, obviously bad memory, bad memory. And then he gets to the good memory. And then he, the way, the, him freaking out and not, when the good memory is gone, it made me realize, like, I'm, I'm done only thinking of the bad memories. Which I had been doing for the last few months. Just, like, how it ended, right? Thinking about our arguments. Thinking about what she did. That, that you know, hurt me, how I was wronged, un- unfairness, all that shit. And I, I hadn't been thinking about all the good times we had and and all the good, great great times we had in the beginning of the relationship and the feeling of love and the feeling of being with someone and the feeling of having a partner. Like, I felt all that shit, man. And I also learned that, like, I, I am a great fucking partner. I'm a great lover, man. Like, I, I am capable. I am capable of loving someone. To the fuck, to the point where like, no one else can, you know. And then I just, ha- I just realized yesterday, man. It's like there was a the, gotta look at the more positive things. Everything negative, any relationship you have with someone, jobs, anything. There's always a negative way to look at. It. And we're negative people. People are just negative. We look at the negative. We think negative, right? We like the losing hurts more than it does winning. Yada yada yada. But, for, man, if you're going to look at the negatives, try to look also at the positives. You're going through a breakup or, or you have someone in your life that's fucking you. Let's say you have a job. Your boss is a dick, right? And they fire you. You could spend all this time being like, fuck that guy, fuck that guy, or fuck that girl, fuck that boss, right? But you could also think of it this way. It's like, hey, man, I learned from this person that I, I don't tolerate this shit anymore. And then maybe they were put into your life. To teach you that lesson and then throw you out of this job so you can get another job that's better, right? And live a better life. So what I mean by my quote, this is the motivational, this is my motivational quote, God damn it. Hopefully it ends up on Google one day. People come into your life for a reason. Everyone that comes into your life comes in for a reason. And there's that whole cliche, it's like people come into your life for a reason, right? But we decide why. So instead of being like, well, that person fucked me, that person fucked me, why don't you think of them as like, this person came to my life to better me, you know? So in essence, that's how I'm kind of looking at my my ex. I was for so long, like, man, like, you know, sad about the breakup. Why is this happening? Shit, I'll show her all this bullshit. And yesterday, man, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to choose to hold on to the good memories, all the good feelings I had. There was, they were real. I learned a lot, and in a way, I should be thankful, man. She came into my life. I'm thankful she was in my life, and I'm thankful that she taught me a harsh lesson, but but someone taught it to me. She taught me, I you know, all the shit I'm going to do in my next relationship is stuff that I learned from being in with her, man. And in a way... It's a blessing. And the, 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 the best lessons in life are always the most painful, hardest lessons, man. You know, maybe hope she, I hope she feels the same way about me, you know. I think she does. I, I wouldn't say she's like, oh, that fucker ruined my life. I came into my life. I can't believe, you know. <laughs> but I choose, to, I choose to let go of the hate, you know. I choose, I'm, I'm done with it. So I'm going to just choose to look at things positively. I'm going to look back at it positively. Man, you know, you know when I get serious and heartfelt, I can't be talking normally. Um, Yeah, guys. So Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, if you have not seen it, great breakup movie. Great movie all around. Um, also, um, Swingers, great breakup movie. So, yeah. Just wanted to share that um, big... Um, epiphany i had yesterday i've even talked about this in therapy you guys are getting it first don't you you gotta love this podcast um but yeah guys 
People come into your life for a reason. It's up to you to decide what that reason is. And it could be as simple as someone comes into your life and you're like, fuck this person. <laughs> that person came into your life to, you know, you know where your boundaries are, if that makes sense. All right. Hey, guys. This has been fun. That's going to be the podcast for this week. Fuck price surging. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll see you next week, guys. Um, I really appreciate your viewership. Um, please like, please share, please comment, please send your questions. Please follow. And um, like I said, man, it's a, it's, a, it's a tough world out there. It's all about sucking money out of you, right? But there's positives too, man. We're negative beings, but it's fucked up we have to actually try to be positive, you know? Even speaking for myself, there's definitely positive people out there, but it's like being negative is easy. It's almost like a default, but being positive, that takes a little work, you know? So anyways, guys. Hope to see you at a show one day, and I will talk to you. Um, I I am. You guys are also getting this first. I I'm thinking of tink. You know, a lot of tinkering. This is why I love doing this podcast, and I love having very low viewership. Is because I'm I, I feel more. Um, what's the word? I feel more free to fail or experiment. You know, like we did the 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 podcast with the webcam kind of thing, the ring light. Now we're going back here. Um, I'm, at, I'm 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 thinking about you know I know I have the I have the I'm just a kid podcast and uh, this podcast I'm thinking about actually um, tinkering some things where it just becomes all kicking it with Camacho. Um, you'll see the you'll see the updates um, that I end up implementing through um, you know over time. But regardless, thank you so much for your viewership. Um, we're more than halfway to my goal of monetizing my channel, and I, I, I couldn't do it without you, man. And um, I am forever thankful, and um, that's a great positive to end on. Dajin, adios.